0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of From Sunday to Monday, our River Oaks Presbyterian Churches podcast, where we answer your questions and try to make our Sunday morning sermons as practical as possible. Today is a special Valentine's Day uh, edition of our podcast, and I have a very special guest here with me, my lovely wife of 23 years, Bianca Jones. Say hello, Bianca. Hello. Hello. Now, my wife's not crazy about hearing herself talk. She's not like me, so we may have to drag little things, things out of her, but I think she will. Uh, I, think, I think you're going to really love her insights. So yesterday, I preached, on, uh, preached my final sermon on the Eros Defiled um, series, so no more talking about sex for a while. What did you think? Did you, uh, was it terrible for you? Was it? you think it was a good series?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great series.
0: What'd you like about? I
1: even clapped in the second. You did
0: clap today. The most charismatic (laughs) outbreak uh, to ever take place. Well, since Easter of last year. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So it was good. It was a fun day. I I hope it was helpful. Do you think it was helpful?
1: It was helpful to me.
0: That's good. That's good. All right. So we have a few questions we took after the uh, after the sermon today, and we're going to answer those um, as we go through. First of all, the first question is. Uh, What do you mean when you say God will walk through things with us? What does that look like and feel like for Him to do that? So this question was in reference to how a lot of people do struggle with loneliness in their marriages. And um, I talked about how that's not necessarily an easy road, but it's a road that God will walk through with you. And what I mean is this. uh, God makes His presence especially known around believers when they... Are heartbroken when they are feeling loneliness, and when they are open to Him, and so it's just you, you know what I mean by closeness when you think of it this way. Uh, you we all know the feeling of having someone sitting right next to us, maybe in an airplane, or sitting right physically next to you, but emotionally they're a million miles away. You don't really connect. You don't want to connect. You just want the plane to rip and arrive at its destination. So that's even though they're close to you, you're not close. You're spiritually you're not communing. In the same way, though God is always in our presence, He's everywhere, He's not; His spirit isn't always close. We don't always sense a sense of communion. But in those times of loneliness, um, He does make His presence felt. That's one way I mean. The other way I mean is that the church, the body of Christ on this earth, comes around people who are broken and who are hurting. Uh, but of course, you have to avail yourself of that. You have to be a member of a church, and an active member, so that people in the church can love you. Um, church members will love you if you give them the chance. Um, they will uh, come around you. We've seen that in beautiful ways in our church. and uh, But but you have to take advantage of the opportunities. You have to let people into your life. Well, what do you think, Bianca? What else did you add to that or take away from that? Or have you seen that happen?
1: Well, I, I think exactly what you said—that God is close to the brokenhearted—and as long as we're availing ourselves of the methods that He gives us, like being in the Word, being in prayer, being in fellowship with other Christians, then it makes hardship a little bit easier to bear.
0: Sure. You even kind of look, sometimes you look back on those times as being sweet times of fellowship. When you know, basically, I think a lot of us have times in our lives when we look back and we say, no one was near me then but the Lord. And somehow that was sweet. Mm -hmm. All right, next question.
1: How do you find someone you want to marry that doesn't like you for selfish reasons?
0: So that was a response to my sermon point today, that romance is essentially selfish. It's essentially based on... Uh, How you make me feel? Uh, And the answer to that question is, you don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only way you would find somebody who doesn't want to marry you for selfish reasons is if you found somebody who hated you, (laughs) who didn't like to be around you at all, and you asked them to marry you. And I don't recommend that. Uh, That's not wise. Uh, So you're you're going to find that. I want you to find someone who is attracted to you, who laughs at your jokes, who enjoys your company. Uh, But you have to get beyond that. You can't only have that. To truly find, get to a place of love that is serving, a love that is self-giving, uh, you have to do more than just um, enjoy each other.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Love is just mysterious. I can't, you cannot compartmentalize it. You you don't really know when you're loving someone for selfish reasons or when you're loving them for unselfish reasons. Um, it seems like the more you think about yourself, the less truly good your love is it's it's really confusing so I mean I think you just you know ask the Lord to help you mature your own love and just let him handle it hey, isn't that too easy well
0: I, there's a lot of truth <laughs> I mean to that.
1: resting in his
0: Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that you just resting trust resting in grace. his
1: love trust. for you and that he's gonna yeah. grow you up and
0: yeah I guess that's, that's about it alright next question Okay, the next question is from an engaged couple, I guess. How much should people that are seriously dating, engaged, or newlywed reveal about the specifics of their respective sexual pasts? That is a great question. It is one that everybody has to face eventually, and the sooner you face it, the better. Uh, there's two parts to this question. The first part is kind of the when, and then the second part is the how much. And The when you reveal yourself is, is, is an issue for wisdom. You don't start showing everything you've ever done. You don't you know, do that on your first date. But you do, as you go into a relationship, as it gets serious, as you begin to reveal more about yourself, and especially if you start thinking and talking about marriage, this is a conversation that has to take place. You have to be honest with this person. You have to say, I love you and I want you to know me. And as you reveal the truth about yourself, you have to let this person that you were loving have their emotional reaction. Um, gosh, this is, this is really funny. I did not expect to have this conversation as much as I do. But about at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, I'll have a guy or a girl come in. They're in love. They're, they're so just distraught. And this person that they're in love with has just revealed that they're not the person they had dreamed about. They're not perfect. They don't have the pure white past. And... Uh, and that's okay. You know, the, the, if you're the person who's just told the truth to your boyfriend or to your fiancé, let him have his response. Let her uh, have her feelings hurt for a little while. It's not fair to ask her to uh, just immediately forgive something that she didn't even know existed. It's okay. And I think that, that it's important just to have that healthy um, grieving time. Just just and if you need to, just send them to me because like I said, I'm going to talk to them. I will uh tell them, I will listen to them and, and try to encourage them and ultimately let them know that it is better to be married to somebody who has sinned and understands sin and understands grace. That is much better than being married to a Pharisee who has an unspeckled past but just does not understand grace. So that, that's the when and that's kind of the how. But absolutely, the truth is, you must tell uh, your this person that you're in love with everything. Secrets breed everything. Gosh, they're terrible. Uh, you're just your marriage is a lie if they don't know who you are, and uh, you can justify that all you want to. I've heard everything from, "Well, I just didn't tell her the truth because I was trying to protect her feelings," to, "That's not really me anymore. I'm new in Christ." I want you to know those are all rationalizations. And what you're doing is you are not giving this person the chance to love the real you. If you want to be absolutely sure that you do not know real forgiveness, if you want to be absolutely sure that you always live in insecurity and doubt about uh, this person's acceptance of you, then just keep secrets. It'll, It'll kill a relationship. You
1: I can't really add to that.
0: Was that as good as I did this morning? You clapped when I answered did. this question this morning. I
1: did, because it's better to be married to a person who knows they're forgiven than a self-righteous Pharisee.
0: There you go. Pharisees yeah.
1: don't make very good partners.
0: You should know. You were married to one for a long You're time. You're married to one right
1: now. <laughs> You're married to one right now. We don't make a. There present. you
0: go. There you go. All right. From one Pharisee to another. All right, next question. The Bible talks about people. Here, your turn to read. I'm sorry.
1: The Bible talks about people who ought to get married, but marriage just sounds harder and harder. Is it wrong, cowardly, or a bad idea to choose not to marry because it just seems too hard?
0: What would you say about that, honey? Is it too hard to be married?
1: Well, I think it's worthwhile. I think anything in life that is worthwhile is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about it. Yeah. Having children is very hard, but it's extremely worthwhile. Um, being healthy, eating a healthy diet, exercising, those are very mm. hard practices to put into your life. And being loved and loving another person is the same thing. It's, yeah. it's very hard. It can be very heartbreaking at times, um, and yet I, it's worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I, think, I don't want this to sound like a cop-out, and it's not a cop-out. Um, you need to do what the Lord's calling you to do. Sure. There, you know, when Jesus' disciples heard him say that you can never get divorced or that divorce is always adultery, they said, well, then it's better not to get married. And he said, you're right. For some people, it's better not to get married, and, for, and some people are going to get married. And uh, there is not a one-size-fits-all. And I think it's hard for us Christians in our generation, especially in the, the church parts of the country— still make a real idol out of marriage and make an idol out of family. They think uh, that that is kind of the end all be all to be that, that perfect family and that perfect family doesn't exist. And that's just not true. It's just a lie. And just because you don't get married does not mean that God doesn't have out there people out there for you to love. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of my favorite students from our Delta state years to my knowledge, she's never gotten married, but she adopted a little boy uh, years ago and just to watch him, her raise him through, facebook and social media has been a real delight she just loves that boy and her life is filled with love and so thankful that she's had that opportunity so marriage yes is hard uh but it is worth it and uh if, if that's what the lord's called you to do and if he's brought the right person to you and you really don't have to choose i mean this is the thing I, again i don't want to sound like a hopeless romantic on valentine's day but love kind of chooses you um you know, when, when I met Bianca, I just I tried to break up with her and leave her, but I just couldn't get away from her. Love just chooses you, and, and that's the way uh, God tends to work. So don't worry too much about that problem. You'll know when it's time. Uh, that may, again, that may sound like a cop-out. I promise it's not. All right, two more questions. I've heard it said that communion, or the Lord's Supper, pictures the sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife. Can you explain that? Oh, I love that. That's a great question that I love to answer. It's absolutely true. Um, Communion is this great opportunity for us to come and receive Christ's body. Jesus held his bread up and said, This is my body, which is given for you. And so when we eat this bread, we are actually becoming one with his body. And the the Heidelberg Catechism says it so well. It says, The sacraments signify and affect what they symbolize, which means... A, there, it's just a symbol, right, of us become, taking the body of Christ. But somehow there's a spiritual thing that takes place so that when we're eating this bread and we're drinking this wine, we are communing with God. We are becoming closer to Him. Our faith is getting fed, our, our spirit is getting fed. Uh, in the same way, the sexual union is a perfect picture of a husband and a wife becoming one flesh. It's a beautiful picture of a husband and life, wife becoming one flesh, but it's more than a picture. Uh, it's a spiritual reality. The two become one. And um, and honestly, I don't want to make this sound like a blanket, unfair statement, but typically the, the couples that have sex the most like each other the most. They, they enjoy each other. They have a, a, a tighter union, a tighter bond. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of similarities between those two pictures, and uh, I love to use that uh, as an image. Okay, our last question comes from... Um, well I don't know who it comes from they're all anonymous but it's it's a very painful question it says how would you encourage a woman who is married to a verbally abusive husband to submit to her husband um this is an extremely serious issue and has to be taken care of with pastoral care needs to be dealt with in the church community but my short answer is this you can't um you I do not advise anyone to submit to abuse. You need to get help, and you need to do it quickly. Um, you're not you're not called to, to undergo abuse, and nothing good is coming out of that. It's not good to let somebody be abusive. It's not good for you or your children, if you have children, to be part of that or to witness that. And I beg you, please, please get help. Um, you're not glorifying God by submitting to that. And you're certainly not uh, doing yourself uh, any favors. So that that's a very hard question. Again, I really encourage you to get advice from your pastor. If your pastor tries to push you back into an abusive relationship, I say this with all the grace in my heart: get another pastor. Uh, you just don't need to be living in that. And I, I just with I, with all my energy, I, I encourage you. Uh, st- let's see if we can stop that that abusive uh, cycle, whether it be getting you out of the relationship or getting you counseling so you can learn to love each other more healthily. Is that okay? Is that okay advice there?
1: I definitely agree.
0: All right. All right, Bianca, thanks for coming and spending time with me this morning.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Uh, This has been From Sunday to Monday. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please send any questions you have to the the email address info at riveroakstulsa.com. Or you can text them to the phone number 539-777-2887. I'll see you next week.